0: Thank you so much. That was a fantastic presentation. It's, um, personally, it's everything I I hoped it would be. Now, in order for us not to experience the answer to number two, very quickly, let us remember that we are brethren in Christ, and there may be some very strong opinions here tonight, and you may even disagree with Brother uh, Jonathan, what he's presenting. If that is the case, uh, let's keep a... uh, A very civil tone. Let's keep an attitude of love and appreciation uh, because we are brethren in Christ. So let's remember that. So for the next um, 15 minutes or so, we're going to have questions and answers. And if there is a question and maybe I I don't call on you, just realize it's nothing personal, but we do have some time constraints, uh, Brother Josiah will uh, bring you the microphone at the appropriate time and we'll start with Brother Alan Boniface.
1: That was great, Jonathan. Enjoyed it very much. Uh, just a note on that people might want to consider. On 1 Peter three seven when it says the woman is the weaker vessel, uh, Ron Corder taught me this. I don't think she's the weaker vessel because she's not as physically strong. And I don't think she's the weaker vessel because she's not mentally as strong. Uh, She's the weaker vessel, as you noted in numerous passages up there, because she has voluntarily submitted herself to your authority. And she didn't have to do that. She volunteered to do that. And so you better try to understand and you better honor her. Mm-hmm. A couple of things on First Timothy 2 that you may want to comment on some more. I don't know. I do think that 1 Timothy 2 is broader than 1 Corinthians 14 and I think it's inclusive of 1 Corinthians 14 but I think if that was the only passage we had in the New Testament about teaching women could not teach the Bible period. I think the the statement itself is universal but As you pointed out, and rightly so, there are numerous exceptions that are given in the scriptures, 1 Corinthians 11, Titus 2, Acts 18, Acts 21, uh, where women are to teach in situations uh, obviously that do not violate 1 Timothy 2 or 1 Corinthians 14. I just wanted to point out also in 1 Timothy 2, the woman was deceived. This does, not necessar- this does not mean that women are gullible and more easily deceived. It's talking about Eve. Eve was deceived, and she, uh, she will be saved, that is, Eve will be saved, if her descendants continue in faith, charity, I don't remember what the other one is, in bringing the Messiah into the world. And uh, so Eve is the focus of that. There's a change from she to they there that's very important, and we haven't generally recognized that. Also, and I'll quit, thanks for the plug for Jerry's track. That's a great track where a woman can teach. She can teach anyone, a man or a woman or a child. Where she cannot teach, she can teach no one, not even a child. I don't see anything wrong with that. I believe Jerry was spot on when he wrote that. The only comment I'll make, besides thank you uh,
2: for the, the things that you said, is about Jerry's track. Jerry's track, the, the purpose of it is about public teaching, not about women teaching. So if you read that, the majority of his uh, the, the little booklet is just processing what the church is supposed to do when it comes together versus like classes. And uh, so, yeah. We use it a lot of times for this topic, but with that track, keep in mind, it's got a broader purpose itself.
0: Thank you, brother. appreciate that, and I've uh, been looking forward to it. Uh, I wanted to ask, um, just being transparent, uh, thankful for my wife. I have a great wife, I've been blessed. I married up, as most people who know me and my wife would admit. And I learned a lot about my wife when we were going through uh, when my youngest daughter was real sick and and I saw how strong she was and and she was my rock in a lot of ways. She's asked me over uh, the years, you know, your example of how can, you know, she wants to know what can I do? You know, how can I best spread the gospel? And I didn't know if you had some practical ideas um, that I know maybe I could share with her that maybe others may be wondering as well.
2: Well, I I can both ramble and be incoherent in answering that question. So maybe I'll just offer a few and then maybe you and I can brainstorm afterwards because I'd love to put a list together myself. Uh, Sometimes our wives are the go-getters. And I'll just say personally, when somebody uh, is the schedule maker and says, we need to be studying with so-and-so, I'm going to put it down and uh, we're going to have them over for dinner and I'd love for you to you know, help them with this or that. That's really helpful for me. Um, I'm married an introvert who does not like the spotlight at all. And when it comes time for us to talk about Bible, she's really willing to just kind of, you know, go into the corner and be quiet. But man, what makes our Bible studies great is that Marissa is going to make something really delicious. And it's going to be really comfortable in our home and she's got a different perspective than I do. Since we do a lot of pre-marriage and we do a lot of uh, relational-focused studies, um, the fact that Marissa came uh, from a home where her parents divorced and I didn't, I really lean on that perspective a lot in those studies. So I guess, again, I'm rambling, but finding what our sisters are naturally uh, talented at and then bringing that into the Bible study experience, even if it's not... uh, sharing a scripture as much as it is making the, the place inviting. I think anybody can enhance the quality of the study. Let's talk more. For what it's worth, Jonathan, I have a great deal of respect for you taking the topic, despite your
3: early apprehension, and really enjoyed your presentation. I, I want to just offer maybe a, a slightly different take than what Alan shared, uh, and I've heard that idea before. You know, if all we had was First Timothy 2, that would be an, an overwhelmingly restrictive uh, case for women not ever being able to teach in any context. But in reality, 1 Timothy 2 and 1 Corinthians 14 are actually the small minority when compared to the overwhelming biblical data which you shared just from the New Testament about women teaching throughout all of biblical history. We could add to that the litany of women in the Old Testament like Miriam and Deborah and Huldah, who was a prophetess during the reign of King Josiah. And so we have a... a extraordinarily uh, overwhelming deal of data, uh, uh, you know, bits of data throughout Scripture that women have been involved in the teaching of God's Word uh, from the very earliest times until all the way into the New Testament. So the restrictions of 1 Timothy 2 and 1 Corinthians 14, which I agree with the way you have presented them, are the small minority. These are the little things that have uh, become the restrictions based on all of the data that you have provided. So just maybe a different take on that, a different way of looking at that. And I hope to continue in your encouragement of our sisters to find opportunities where they can teach the Bible. Now, I want to ask about the role of church leaders in making opportunities for our sisters. And I thought a little bit about uh, you mentioned Phoebe. Maybe we could add to that the widows indeed in 1 Timothy 5 who seem to have a list of qualifications and are enrolled in what Paul calls the list. These seem to be women who were used by their local congregations for uh, doing acts of charity and hospitality. And uh, those talents, it seems, were being channeled by elders and leaders within the congregation. And uh, maybe we have... um, you know, a a view of ordination that might make us cringe at the idea of ordaining women to works. Uh, But maybe we come just short of that, if that makes us uncomfortable, and say, how can church leaders, elders, channel the talents of the women in their congregation towards works that need to be done? Let's say you have some members you know need reaching out to in a special way and you've got women in your congregation that you know would be perfect for that job how can we as a group of leaders channel their efforts and their energy and their talents in that direction uh, call upon them to do that acknowledge their gifts in those areas and lead them towards the fulfilling of those tasks that need to be taken care of
2: okay I, I think I'll, I'll try to answer that question. Uh, it was a little long for me, and so I may not get it exactly the way you asked it, Shahe. Um, maybe I'll answer with an example. Our elders at the, the <laughs> congregation that I work with do a really good job of always inquiring with those who want to be helpful. We had a, a, a nursing home reach out. My number's on the Google listing. So we had a nursing home reach out via Google and just say, hey, is your, is your church interested in partnering with us on this or that? And, you know, there's some words in there that make you cringe, like oh, partner and things like that. But we knew what they were wanting, and that was to come and sing. So the elders sent an email out <clears throat> with my encouragement that just said, does anybody want to coordinate this? And uh, man, we've had just a phenomenal uh, sister who has, she's got, the the place on speed dial and she gets it all set up and so all we got to do is go in and we sing and we pray and maybe we'll talk about the Bible a little bit and then we go out and I don't have to coordinate it I don't have to make that phone call the elders don't have to make that phone call so there's a great example of church leaders who are just inquiring who wants to help and so maybe the word if we want to rebrand it instead of ordaining let's just call it delegating delegating some time delegating some responsibility asking for volunteers or maybe even being voluntold when you know somebody's uh... really talented at something our elders wives do a pretty good job of of working with uh... the younger women and trying to uh... study with them so sometimes it might even take voluntelling someone to you know meet me here and let's chat about this today or that
0: really like that word voluntelling. that's that's gonna slip straight into my vocabulary um... for the Next couple of minutes, uh, we don't, uh, doesn't appear we have any other questions, but could you address your your top, your possible question there on uh, how we can encourage our sisters to to get together and study the Bible a little
2: bit more? Well, I guess I'll just maybe answer what I might do. Um, Marissa and I might uh, have people over and it might be starting out where it's just a few couples or a few families something small and intimate and then there's other times where we hear about uh, someone who's struggling and so i'll encourage her and say you know what you need to find a place like ihop or um, somewhere that's open late And you need to grab her and grab another couple ladies, and y'all need to go get some pancakes or some coffee. And that's really all we come, it's just that, you know. It's not, uh, we plan six studies for you to structure this out, and, and, you know, but it's through those opportunities. And for those who happen to have been here yesterday for the sermons that I was giving in the afternoon, you have to spend time together in order for relationships to grow. And so just by encouraging time spent together, I think it's very natural for the Bible to come up. And it doesn't have to come up in a, like I said, a, a, a structured way, but in an organic way. And giving, encouraging them to do that. In the walk of life that I'm in, uh, it's, it's married with children. And sometimes the moms feel like they can't leave because they've got little ones to take care of. And the encouragement is for dads to say, hey, I've got this. You know, I'm not just second fiddle. I can't, like the house won't burn down if we (laughs) stay with the kids tonight and you go out with your sisters and have dinner. And in the course of that dinner, it comes up, maybe there's a marriage on the rocks or uh, maybe somebody is feeling left out at church. Maybe they feel neglected. And those are just as healthy conversations as going through, you know, some Bible study course booklet. So... Yeah, just encouraging opportunities to get together, I think, is a great idea. So let's do it.
0: Excellent. Do you have any closing comments you'd like to make?
2: Well, I feel convicted. Uh, You know, when I look at this topic, um, it's it's very easy for me to start getting anxious that people are going to disagree with me. But even in the meat of the study itself, I find that there are ways that I could, should, ought to be, and must be encouraging sisters locally as well. So uh, sometimes as preachers, we have so many varied studies and interests of all the different things that are, are really important to our work. But if we can encourage our sisters to be Bible students and Bible teachers in their capacity, and delegate some of what is being studied to those small groups, then maybe the work that you have actually is growing and being fruitful and multiplying in ways that you never would have thought about it before. When we trust in the Lord's way, according to Acts chapter 2, when we trust in the Lord's way, the church multiplies daily.